Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 43, the Troy Palomalu episode here on April 23rd, 2022. It's a lovely Saturday here in my neck of the woods. Hope it's the same for you, wherever you may be, whether you're in Pittsburgh or Poughkeepsie, wishing you a phenomenal weekend. And my love and gratitude to all of you for joining me here today and being supporters of The Still Study. Have a great show planned for you today. Going to talk about a big signing at Strong Safety, finally. And it's something that I've been calling for. My prayers have been answered. We're going to talk about that. You know what I'm talking about. We're going to take a look at a list of prospects that potentially could be the selection at number 20 if the team does not go in the direction of a quarterback. And then I'm going to close up by talking a little bit about Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, and that will be the show for today. But as always, it's very important to share my gratitude with you, my appreciation to all of you, Yin's beautiful studians. Thank you for being supporters of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. This is so much fun for me. It's a privilege to be able to do this show, to share my Steelers thoughts with all of you, and just want to say thank you. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Still Study, or you can comment directly on the website. So at the bottom of the page, there's a comment section. That seems to be the most frequently used way of connecting. Drop me a line every Saturday. I do the Steelers Saturday mailbag, and you drive the content for that day with your questions, comments, and feedback. So let's make that happen. And also, please be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. We will have a new cast coming to you next week. We're probably going to have a panel of draft experts from Jim's website together to get ready for the first round of the draft, which is on Thursday. But anyway, Jim is super insightful and knowledgeable about your Pittsburgh Steelers having covered the team since 1995. You don't want to miss the shows. They are linked in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. And I can't believe it, but it's draft time. Draft time's here. Where did the time go? If you look outside wherever you are, I know where I am. Spring has sprung, everything is green, everything's in bloom, and that means that NFL draft season is here. On Thursday, the 28th, it's going to be the first round, rounds two and three on Friday, the 29th, and then we get a full day of NFL draft on Saturday, rounds four through seven, so a lot of things to look forward to. And we're going to talk draft here today, but before we jump into the draft, Duck Hodges, you remember him? Good old Duck, that was the year when Ben had the elbow injury. It was Duck and Mason splitting time. The legend of Duck Hodges was born, led the Steelers to some 
thrilling victories, became a legend in Pittsburgh, and then the legend dissipated. Went on to play for the Ottawa Redbacks most recently and announced his retirement from football. So, short career, but very exciting. The memories that Hodges provided to Steelers Nation and that crazy year, minus Ben Roethlisberger, but I thought I would share that. I still have a Duck Hodges t-shirt that I got from Still City Clothing. I rock that thing every once in a while. It's got a picture of a duck on it. It says, in duck we trust. But that will always be a fun memory from that season. Everybody just cheering for Hodges. And he'll go down in folklore in your Pittsburgh Steelers history. He'll probably be some random trivia question in a bar one day. But, again, fun story. Wishing Hodges best of luck in his retirement from football. And he's a young man, so he's got a lot of work ahead of him. So whatever he pursues or does, we wish the best to him. And then the big news. I am super excited. I am elated that this finally happened. And you probably have heard this by now, but in case you didn't, Strong safety, Terrell Edmonds is back. Yes, Terrell Edmonds signed a one-year contract to return to the Steelers this season. $2.5 million. That's less than what the team would have had to have paid him if they would have picked up his fifth-year option. So you want to talk about the savviness in terms of business and negotiations For your Pittsburgh Steelers, wow. So they pick up Edmonds on the cheap. Apparently he had two other offers but wanted to stay with the Steelers. So he'll be back. And that's a huge, huge signing. Because it keeps that safety tandem intact. There's familiarity between Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. There's continuity there, and especially with the cornerback position opposite Cam Sutton changing, this stabilizes that unit. So I love the signing, love the continuity, and Edmonds played well last year. He had his best season. What I would like to see is Edmonds have an even better year this year The Steelers get a long-term deal done with him because he's still very, very young. He's got a lot of football ahead of him. But sneakily, the Steelers have had a great offseason in terms of their own free agents they have signed. And again, this is a, to me, a major deal. This is going to significantly help this defense. And oh yeah, It eliminates the need for a strong safety early in this draft. Now you are set at starters across the board. And not saying that you wouldn't consider drafting a safety at 20 again if Cal Hamilton from Notre Dame falls. But you don't have to. 
you don't have to make that move because now you have Edmonds back as your starter. So, again, this is one of the signings that I was really adamant about the Steelers getting done. It took long enough, but they got it finished. We could put the Honey Badger conversation to bed. That's not going anywhere. That's not happening. And now in terms of pick number 20, the Steelers can go best player available. And here's the other thing I like about it too. When you draft a guy and you invest the time and resources into him, they put four years into Edmonds. It's a shame to see that investment just get thrown away. So to give him another year to see what he could do and produce, I think is a positive. I think the play of Edmonds last year, I think we're going to see him take that to another level this year. I think we'll see even better performance. And maybe Edmonds is going to make himself a little bit of money because he knows he's playing for that big contract. So he's almost put in a position where he's got to put together his best season. So I think it's a win-win. It's a win for Edmonds. Maybe not so much this year in terms of the number that he's getting for his one-year salary. It's a win for the Steelers in that respect in terms of the salary cap. But it's a win for the Steelers' defense. It's a win for Edmonds because if he has a strong year, he's going to make his money next year. So, again, we can't overvalue this signing. Now you have your starters set across the board. Best player available they can pursue at pick number 20. Man, I'm happy. That, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but to me, that's one of the most important signings that the Steelers have made all offseason. All right, so pick 20. You're sick of me talking about quarterback. I'm going to try not to get into NFL draft quarterbacks today. We're going to talk about those players who don't throw the football, who can be considered at number 20. I am going to talk quarterbacks a bit later in the show, but it's going to be Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. So we're not talking any of these youngsters draft eligible guys. So let's take a look at players who potentially could be available at pick number 20 that the Steelers could have interest in. Just want to go through a short list here. And again, this list by no means is comprehensive or the be-all, end-all, and there's always the possibility that Kevin Colbert and company surprise everyone with a name that nobody saw coming. That very well could happen, but these are the players whom are most likely to be called at pick 20 on Thursday should they not take one of the big five QBs. So here we go. Here's the list, and You've already heard these names, but let's talk through them and I'll give you my take on whether or not I could see them selecting these players. So first up will be Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. He's a freak athletically by now. I'm sure you've seen his combine numbers, 47640, just a behemoth of a man who can move, who's explosive, and really he's projected as 
a nose, but because of his athleticism, you could probably utilize him a bit more creatively. So in terms of thinking of him as a player who's only going to be on the field in base packages, I'm sure that defensive coordinator Terrell Austin would be innovative with how he would be utilized. But he very well could be the selection at 20. Another name that's been rumored around pick 20 for the Steelers is Davis's teammate, Devontae Wyatt. He's more of a defensive end and is more versatile than Davis. Not as athletic, but he is more diverse in how he could be utilized. But the the biggest issue in terms of why it are off the field concerns and it's related to a domestic violence case and sure when you read about it it doesn't sound I'm trying to think of a word here it doesn't sound hateful but again it's still a domestic violence case And that's one documented incident. Do the Steelers even want to touch a player like that? In my opinion, no. I would scratch him from the draft board. I don't see Wyatt being the selection. I could be wrong. But if both Davis and Wyatt are available at pick 20 and they don't go quarterback, it's Davis over Wyatt all day. Another player who potentially could be available at pick 20 is Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Ran a blazing 40 at the Combine, so he gives you that deep threat element that this team sorely needs. He potentially could fall to 20. The Steelers are in need of a wide receiver, but... The only thing I'll say about a receiver in the first round is the Steelers don't have really a history of selecting wide receivers round one. You have to go back to the Bill Cowher era, Plexico Burris, Troy Edwards. But I'm racking my brain here for first round wide receiver picks during Tomlin's time. I can't think of one. And probably... Once I finish this podcast, I'll be like, oh, I forgot that. But the Steelers typically go after their wide receivers in the later rounds, rounds two, three, or four, which is what I think they will do this year with the addition of Miles Boykin, too. I don't see them drafting two wide receivers now. But they will select the receiver, but I just don't see it being in the first round. But if Alave is there, you have to wonder if they will make considerations for him. You've also heard me talk about Kyle Hamilton several times at safety out of Notre Dame. Again, people were scared away because of his 40 time, which is a 4-5. I get it. With the re-signing of Terrell Edmonds, I don't know if that's a real possibility now. But he can be a high-level player. If he is on the board at 20, there's a possibility they would take him. Uh, But like I said, probably not as much as a likelihood as it was prior to the re-signing. 
Potentially Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson, could be another player the Steelers would target. But again, just looking at their track record with corners, don't know if they would go round one for a guy. Sky Moore is a dude who has probably pushed himself up into the first round. He could be a possibility at 20. I've profiled him on the site, had him in my recent mock, I think in the second round, but that was being a little bit too wishful because he probably has snuck into the back end of that first round. Then another player that is a possibility would be Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College. But again, if you think about the O-line, you would think that they feel set with James Daniels at right guard and then giving Kevin Dotson the opportunity at left guard. If they draft a guard at pick 20, I think that says something about what they think of Dotson in terms of a viable starter this season. And that's going to be pretty much damning for him. I don't see them giving up on him that quickly. So it's hard for me to see a guard. So again, defensive lineman, possibility. Wide receivers, a possibility. Safety, a possibility, but not as much as it was prior to the signing of Terrell Edmonds. Cornerback is always a possibility and possibly an offensive lineman, but we will see. But again... They are in a position where they could pick the best player available. But as I go through this exercise, at least for me and my logic, it solidifies and reinforces my thinking that they take a quarterback at number 20. Now, here's a question. Let's say you get to pick 20. Hamilton's on the board. Davis is on the board. And all the QBs are on the board. Then what do they do? We very well could see that. Maybe we have overvalued the big five. Maybe I've overvalued the big five. Maybe we've overvalued Malik Willis. Maybe he drops. Maybe Kenny Pickett drops. But it would be interesting to see if all five of them were on the board, who they would select and who they have rated as their top quarterback prospect. We only have five days to go until we get the answer to which direction they will go in round one. And I am excited. And I bet you are too. So, shifting gears a bit now from the NFL draft, I wanted to spend some time talking about the current state of the quarterback position with Mitch Trubisky. And I'm also going to hit on Mason Rudolph here. Just some thoughts that I've had here recently. But Trubisky is going to be the starter this season, at least for the time being. Here's what I'm seeing and hearing and the vibe that I'm getting. And Tell me what you think, what your perception is. But it seems like people are overestimating 
the contributions that Mitch Trubisky are going to make to this Steelers offense. Now, I am the forever optimist. There's no doubt about that. I want this guy to succeed. But I also think we need to be mindful that he wasn't exceptional as a Chicago Bear. He didn't play really at all in Buffalo. And he sat a year behind Josh Allen, got to learn, got to reflect. He's getting an opportunity. So really, if you're buying into this guy having a big season, you're buying into the intangible components, that the organization will help help him thrive, that getting another chance that he's learned from his pitfalls, from his mistakes, that he's going to be hungry and driven, that he wasn't in the right system, he wasn't given an opportunity. You're counting on all those things to be accurate and truthful and to come to fruition in order for him to have a successful season. But it's not like this guy's just going to flip a switch and be light years better beyond what he was during his time as a starter for the Chicago Bears. Not saying that he can't be better because I think he can be better and he doesn't need to be elite. But there's a lot of hope and faith that goes into that, that he's going to be able to be that type of quarterback. I've said all along, I don't see the ability in Trubisky to push the ball down the field. And that was the biggest problem with Ben Roethlisberger at the tail end of his career. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't throw down the field effectively and with accuracy and precision. And I think to believe that Trubisky is going to be able to step in and do that, maybe we have too high of expectations for him. What I think Trubisky is going to bring that is going to benefit this offense is his mobility, the knack to pull it down and run, some QB design runs, but they really have to tailor this offense to being conservative. It's not going to be a throw the ball 30 plus times a game. It's going to be throwing within a scheme, within an offensive game plan, something that there was no game plan with Roethlisberger. I'm sorry. As much as people want to argue that there was, that he became more cerebral as his career went on. My biggest criticism of Ben is that he couldn't play within a system and it never felt as if there was any rhythm and that the majority of his game was off rhythm. And not off meaning bad, but just he played outside of the box. He played creatively. Trubisky's going to have to be the quarterback who plays within the system, who builds upon the plays that are called and works in those design runs, short passing game, still able to attack down the field through play action, connect on those deep throws, but again, not go out, no huddle, throw 30, 40, 50 times a game. That's just not going to be him. But I'll say this. The ceiling for Trubisky, and again, we have a ton of tape on this guy. The ceiling for him, and this is not me being pessimistic, but the ceiling for him is to be a little above average. And if he could do that with Najee Harris in this running game, with this defense that is going to be improved this year, then the Steelers have a chance 
to put together a winning season. They don't need Trubisky to be elite. He's got to play within the structure, within the framework, within the system. If they could do that, this team can win nine or ten games. But the the team is going to have to rely on Harris. It's going to have to rely on this defense to really make them a viable contender because it's Trubisky can't be that guy. He hasn't shown it. Now, the flip side of this, I wanted to talk about Mason Rudolph. How does he fit into this whole picture? What's his role going to be this year? Right now, he's slated to compete for Trubisky. At least that's what you'll hear from members of the Steelers organization, that it's an open competition. I'm not buying it. They brought Trubisky in to be the starter. He's going to start. And here's what I think. I think this team drafts a quarterback at 20. I have difficulty seeing Rudolph sticking around this year. And I would not be surprised, and I don't have a crystal ball to say that this is going to happen, I would not be surprised to see him shipped off for a 6th or 7th round pick next week during the draft. I just, it's difficult for me to see him being around because let's say that you do draft a quarterback at pick 20. Trubisky's your guy. He's getting the nod. Your quarterback, I think, goes to the number two spot. They're going to give Trubisky as much latitude as possible. They're not going to want to yank him or pull him as a starter. They're going to give him at least seven, eight, nine games to see what he could do. And let's say it's a total failure. I don't think they're going to go, they wouldn't go to Mason Rudolph. If the team is not thriving under Trubisky, and let's say that they're having a poor season, why wouldn't you get your young quarterback valuable experience? So if that's a possibility, you're not going to want to give that experience to Rudolph because he's not a long-term option. He's only signed through this year. To me, it makes sense that Rudolph is shipped off. The guy that they draft is going to be the number two. And then you have to get another body in the quarterback room is your number three, a veteran. And maybe they they structure the, the depth chart a little bit differently. That's a possibility. But... To me, I just don't see Rudolph being back on this team. And again, I would not be surprised to see him move. Maybe I'm completely off, but when I look at the tea leaves here and what's transpired, this is what I can see happening. And I'll be honest with you, I almost wanted to see what Rudolph could do at the helm as a starter. But I just don't think, I think the signing of Trubisky says it all. It does, because if they truly felt confident in what he could provide, or even coming in and competing, why would they make that move? It doesn't make sense. And you know he's not happy. He's probably not going to be vocal about it and come out and say it. 
but he wants the opportunity to compete. He's a competitor. So we'll see if I'm right on that. But I think that he could be moved next week. And that's going to do it for the Troy Palomalu episode, episode number 43 of the Still Study podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining me here today. Again, we are only five days away from the NFL draft pick 20, day two on Friday, rounds two and three, and then rounds four through seven on Saturday. Man, life is good. So many things to look forward to here with your Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to find out who those new players are going to be. We're going to get that question answered that we've been talking about since really since November. Who's the next quarterback of this Pittsburgh Steelers team going to be of the future? Are they going to even draft a quarterback? Has all this discussion and talk been for nothing? We are going to find out those answers here in five short days. Man, life is so good. I know you're excited. I'm excited. A lot of coverage coming to you next week on the Still Study. So make sure you're hanging with us and we're going to make sure that you're covered and have up-to-date draft coverage about the Steelers picks next week. I want to thank you for being a supporter of the Still Study. Thanks for listening today on this Saturday to episode number 43. Please continue to share with your family and friends. It helps to grow the site And I truly am appreciative for your support. So thank you. We can connect one of three ways. Comment directly on the articles. Hit me up via email. TheStillStudy at gmail.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at StillStudy. We can connect that way. If you haven't checked out the Saturday Steelers Saturday mailbag today, that is up. New episode of that for you to check out. Don't forget about the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site. It is linked in the show notes. And just have an amazing weekend. This is the last weekend before the NFL draft. I'm going to be sad to see it go. I've been talking about it so much, but it is exciting to start this new chapter in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with that said, I will see you back here next weekend for another episode of the Still Study Podcast, episode number 44, and we will be talking Steelers NFL draft. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you soon. Take care.